and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Do we have to? We, unfortunately we do, G, yeah, we, we, we do. We'll, we'll get on to your, your woe in a second, I suppose. Um, this week it's back to normal for us. We, we can take a look around the league, uh, the fallout from week one uh, of the 2017 season. We're also going to be taking a look ahead to week two and making our pick and picks once again as well. Uh, but I think I kind of know the answer to this, but uh, first of all, how, how are you doing, G? Did you, did you manage to get your fill of football again this uh, this weekend? I did. I might have a problem because I might have compensated for the Bengals' awfulness with watching lots of other football. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not a bad thing because we've got to we've got to review it. So uh, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. No, it, it's not the worst thing in the world. But you know, we try and watch what was it four games a week usually, and usually yeah, four, I, yeah. I'm, I'm up around six and have seen some highlights oh, right. of others. And you know, it's it, it, it's the first week of the season, man, and the Bengals were rubbish. So I had to cheer myself up with something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing we're uh, going to have a look at is some of the uh, the talking points around the league, as we always do. Uh, first one is Aaron Donald. He's, he's ended his holdout in LA. He, he, he's their star defensive tackle, um, and he's he's obviously ended that that contract holdout. Um, there appears not to be a deal in place from from what we're hearing around the uh, from from news sources, but they are working together to get one. Um, and Rams have apparently also waived the one and a half million dollars of fines that he's accrued uh, during that holdout period as well. Last year, he made he made eight sacks and thirty six tackles, assisting another eleven as well. Just how important is is Aaron Donald to the uh, to the Rams uh, in the, this season? I don't know how much it's covered sort of in the general NFL media because I'm not one of these people who listens to the hot take general coverage too much. But Aaron Donald yeah. is really really good, and you know how we were talking about giving him all the money. The reason for that oh, is yeah. that he is as dominant a defensive line player as there is and because he plays for the Rams I'm not sure everybody is aware but he's as good as the JJ Watts and the Khalil Max and the Von Millers he is that disruptive mm. and he might he might say well hang on a minute he only got eight sacks but you know he is the focus of a lot of offensive lines games plans week to week and he is incredibly effective just because he's got such a good first step and really attacks the um, center of defense and more and more people are realizing that the way that to pressure a quarterback is is actually if you can get it more effective to do it from the center because the quarterback can't just step up and miss the pressure like can happen with you with mm. an edge rusher where if you time it right and the tackle can do a good enough job rather than getting around the corner the the quarterback steps up and the tackle just gently guides him up the field and off you go so yeah he's a very important player for them um they seem to have done okay without him um in week one but unfortunately for them they don't get to play the Colts every week no that's it but it's, it's got to be a matter of time before they have got this this deal sorted isn't it it's gonna it's, and it's gonna be a big one when it does hit you you'd think he so just from he's deserved it and he's been durable I mean I'm not sure it's quite going to be in Dominican Sue money because he's not hitting the open yeah. market but if you look you've got a young quarterback on the um roster the big deal they gave Taven Austin is a bit head scratching, and he was the gadget receiver I was talking about last year that, or last week, that can't even get on the season, having had his performance be not so great last year, except for sort of gadget plays and get the ball in his hands. But you know, Cooper Cup has already seems to become Goff's favourite receiver, and so you you would think that they would manage for Cap to to do it because he's a pass rusher and he might not be an end, which is like the traditional. Um, position that you think of when you say pen, you sort of pay your third down player so it's quarterbacks cover yeah. corners left tackles and pass rushes to get the money and he fits that bill even if he's a DT rather than DN absolutely yeah it's, it's going to happen it's going to be a big deal and, uh, and, and in my opinion so it should be he's a, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a very good player for the uh, for the Rams um, the second thing we're going to have a look at is um, Janikowski I know we, we uh, well I, I, I'll be honest with you I, I kind of wrote this in before the games on Sunday and I didn't think that uh, 
uh, the uh, the replacement for Yankowski was going to be quite so good. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, in Oakland. Yeah, Sebastian Yankowski. Easy for me to say. Uh, the Raiders kicker. Apparently not. Years. Well, no, that's it. The Raiders kicker for the uh, last seventeen years. He was on uh, injured reserve for week one with a uh, reported back problem. During the summer, he, he restructured his contract. Obviously, there was the big contract from uh, for, for Derek Carr, um, but he's restructured his uh, his contract, taking him from uh, guaranteed four million to three million dollars a year. All the, the the humanity. Um, Last week, the, the the Raiders held a kickers tryout with three kickers, including uh, former Charger Josh Lambeau, um, but they ended up signing uh, Giorgio Tavecchio, um, who actually this week was was spot on, and we'll we'll talk a bit more about him in a in, in a little while because it was one of the games that we watched. But he made two two extra points and four field goals in week one, and and some some very long ones as there well. There was two from fifty yards, wasn't there? Uh, absolutely, yeah, it's fifty plus. Um, do we? Do you think there's more going on here than just a back problem with with Yanukowski? Do you think uh, they are trying to slowly kind of phase him out? No, I, I don't think so because they don't tend to do that with, with kickers and they, they sort of reduced it by a million and that might help their cap a little bit. But the Raiders are not one of these teams that you look at as being in cap difficulty. I honestly think that they're expecting to, that he would be okay for another year and yeah. it, Father Time caught up because he's undefeated and I think it's just a back problem and they'll be worried about it in terms of he's got back problem and he's a legend of franchise so they give him a chance to recover but I don't think think given the performance of um, the new guy that they're going to be too worried if he has to stay on IR for a long time or loses the season no that's it well he's, he's 39 isn't he so he's getting on a bit do you think do you think he's, he has got a long uh, much of a, a future obviously I know especially if, if Giorgio Tavecchio plays as well as well if this wasn't a uh, a bit of a fluke week, I don't think Gil there. Yeah, be, if like Tavecchio you say, keeps kicking worried. like that, you know, if, if he's better, younger, and cheaper, then you can see that maybe that will be the end for Janikowski. It's really hard to say because kickers can keep going as long as their body holds up, and we yeah. don't know if this is just like a minor tweak or if if it's the sign that his body is beginning to um, not be able to keep up with the rigors of the NFL. So it's really hard to tell without being a doctor and knowing a little more about it, but. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he if he goes away. I, I would just like to notice that there's lots, that's a fair amount going on, and you do like a kicker story, don't you? I, I do like a kicker story. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I'm not picking on you. I love you dearly. <laughs> it's just I had noticed that, that, that we do sometimes become a kicker focused podcast, and I, and I just was it anything in particular that fascinates about you from about them to you, or is it just something that sparks your interest and you're not sure why? I'm not really sure why, to be perfectly honest. It's not. It's it's. I think it's. Um, I think kickers get a lot of stick over here. I think they get from from every they time they get a lot I'm... of stick over there, and yeah. even sometimes for special teams coaches. You've heard them talk about yeah, they're a special breed, and they're always wandering around with their kicking net. And you do see when you go and watch a game in person, you see that the kicking team, sort of like the specialists, are a team apart on the team, and often yeah. spend seem to spend more time with the specialists on the other team than they do with their own teammates. They do, and, and like I said over here, I was just this week I was having a, uh, a conversation with someone at work who. who to be frank, doesn't really know anything about American football, and and was he was he was flabbergasted that there's a player who literally just comes on, and kicks the ball, and runs off again. And it's you try and explain. Look, it's it's a bit more than that, but it's also important. I mean, oh, clearly this man is not a rugby fan because if anybody knows what it's like to be supporting a rugby team without a dependable, well, it doesn't have to be a number ten. It's just traditionally. But you know, if we, yeah. you know, if you've if you ever knew how much confidence you had when you had Johnny Wilkinson kicking kicking the extra points and every, everything versus you know somebody who's a bit ropey then you'd understand the importance of it in any sport because it it's keeps the the scoreboard ticking over absolutely well how home is there anything else that caught your uh, your eye this week um lots of things but we'll probably pick them up during the game unless there's a particular news story that you want to pick up I mean 
interesting reducts for Ezekiel Elliott stuff, but it's just it's so tiresome. It's more NFL meddling um, mm. and sort of acting as judge, jury, police force. But that's what's collectively bargained. He's going to serve this ban because if they made it stick with Tom Brady, they'll make it stick yeah. with Ezekiel Elliott because they'll say you bargain for this, you're going to do it. Whether we see this ban enforced this year or next year, I don't know. And it's so. <sighs> But it makes such a huge difference to the Cowboys, like it did for the Patriots to an extent. But um, yeah. it's just one of those things that we'll have to see. Absolutely. Well, on with the games. So, as I always say, it's nice to be. Uh, I'll say this again. Week one is in the books, and uh, we are. Yeah, we're now uh, sixteen games into the uh, into the regular season. So, uh, fifteen. We, I uh, think look- you'll find. 50, sorry, fifteen. Yeah, no. How could I? How could I forget that? Um, the um, as always, we uh, we watched a few of the, uh, the the big games from the week. First of all, we, the first one we watched was the uh, the very first game of the season. It was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs making the trip to New England to play the Patriots. They came away with a forty-two to twenty-seven point win, uh, which was a real great advert for the league in the uh, in the kickoff game of the season, wasn't it? it was, it's it was it's good to see it's good to see obviously last year's Super Bowl champions, but they didn't look quite as sharp as they did in the first game this year. At the risk of um, getting bogged down in every game, I'm going to make this general point so that we don't keep having it and you can keep on schedule. The, the <laughs> theme of this week seems to be a lot of teams for, where the preseason doesn't seem to have prepared them for the regular season, and it's, yeah. an, and it's an interesting thing to say about the Patriots that they're historically slow starters and they sort of can, often use the early week to experiment a bit, and they just were caught out by a, a Chiefs team who were clearly ready to go and there were a lot yeah. of moving parts in terms of receivers the loss of Julian Edelman was clearly affecting Brady and mm. there were some problems in the defence I mean when do you see such a missed coverage and just a huge long touchdown like that and it, well, it was that's it not from the Patriots yeah and the Chiefs were good and it's nice to have the whole the Patriots are going to go undefeated knocked on the head in week one I good. think the Patriots will be okay, but let's have some love for Andy Reid. He got his team really well prepared. There was lots of interesting stuff going on offense. I mean, I think my favorite play of the week, or at least my favorite form- formation, was lining up um, Travis Kelsey, a tight end, as wild wildcat quarterback. That was yeah. I loved that straight away. Were you watching that game going, Gavin's going to wax lyrical about this offense, oh, and I'm never going to yeah. get him to shut up? Uh, this this game, yeah, that and the uh, the, the Packers Seahawks one uh, later, it's yeah, was just had you written all over them. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and, like, no, I, I genuinely love this game. Uh, um, the only sound note for me is um, the injury to Eric Berry with that um, yeah. torn Achilles and probably lost yeah. the season, and that's that's going to hurt the Chiefs, and that's a big loss in Week One. But I, I feel like everybody mocks Andy um, Reid a bit for his clock management, and it's not the best. I, I, I hear some people say that he should subcontract out to India, and I quite I quite enjoy that <laughs> joke. But he is a really good football coach. Like, his teams are well prepared; they win a lot of games. Um, even when it's going wrong, he never loses the locker room. And I'm, I'm not always sure that he's given the credit that he deserves. As for the Patriots, I think they'll turn around. Like, you have faith in the infrastructure. You do not get the feeling that Bill Belichick will be kind of actually a little bit loving this because he's got no worries about. Oh, we're just walking to the Super Bowl again. He's got the demonstration. They need to buckle up, pay attention, and I'm sure they will come out firing next week. Oh, they definitely. Will. I mean, it's 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 one of those it's one of those things. It was. I mean, the the score doesn't really reflect. It was 42-27. I would say it was it was actually a relatively close game until towards the end. Obviously, the Chiefs took took a, took a bit of control. But like you say, all, all all credit to the Chiefs. They did they they did very well. Let's not just uh, go. All the Patriots aren't aren't quite the team they were last year. It's it's. Alex Smith had a great game. Um, 
368 passing yards in any game is, is a good game, especially against the, uh, the the Patriots. Four touchdowns for him. Uh, Kareem Hunt as well with 148 rushing yards. And it was, yeah, I mean, their def- even their defense was 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 great. They managed to managed to get three sacks on Tom Brady, and that doesn't happen very often either. Yeah, so I'm going to try and keep various, these various points short, otherwise you'll get cross with me. But in <laughs> no particular order, Alex Smith we've just discussed before as an as a, as a often underrated quarterback, and yeah, he had as good a game. And it was interesting that the knock on him has always been he hasn't been prepared to strike deep, and maybe it's just that he's not had the weapons because you know there were some deep strikes, and he's played as well as I think I've seen him play. Yeah. Tom Brady looked a little bit off. I am mm. not going to be one of the people saying, is this the end for Tom Brady? Because we've had that lots of times. But, you know, he is, if not 40 already, then 40 this season. And yeah, yeah it's worth watching. Gronk didn't look, look like himself. Um, it could be just injuries, catching up with him, and preseason and rustiness. But he didn't look as explosive and was, wasn't separating. But the Patriots very well could have been 14-0 up if he'd just been able to hold on to that ball. And finally, Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first carry in the NFL, having not done it in college, and then comes out and becomes, I think he's hit a record for combined yards of scrummage with catches and runs, but yeah. they've got a player. I I don't think they're going to be too worried about Jamal Charles' um, departure and, and, and what's going on in running back. I think he should be a good replacement if he can maintain that. I doubt he'll maintain it precisely that performance because it was phenomenal, but they look like they have a future running back there. Agreed. That's it. Well, uh, we both picked the Chiefs on this one, and both got uh, the point in the pick'em. Uh, so we, yeah, we all we both started off this uh, started the season off at, at one or nothing. Unfortunately, it didn't stay like that. Um, <laughs> shall we? Uh, are you ready for this one, Jay? We're going to talk about the Bengals. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I, I, I feel there are lots of questions, and I'll try not to go off on two one. But you know, I, I won't be weeping too badly. Yeah, no, that's it. We well, it, it was unfortunately uh, if this one. Uh, there was the Baltimore Ravens who uh, who. Uh, played the uh, Cincinnati Bengals this week and they won twenty to nothing. Um, Bengals went into it without Vontaze Perfect, obviously currently uh, serving a suspension, um, and I'm, I'm afraid it, it ended up being a really, really one-sided game. Uh, Danny Woodhead got injured very, very early on, looked like a hamstring problem for, for him uh, on the Ravens side of things, but it didn't really seem to hold them back, did it? No, I mean the defense I thought was going to be good. Um... The thing that surprised me but shouldn't have possibly is that the offense has struggled for the Ravens and their, their, their offensive line's been moved around and I wasn't sure how they were going to play. And the answer is that they were going to bring in some, some new coaches and they were going to run the ball and they were going to keep running the ball. Yeah. And that was enough with their solid defense for them to limit the Bengals and get the points. They have one of the best kickers in the game and I think they're just going to, that's going to be the formula. They're a very well coached team and I think they're going to be kicking around the playoffs. I wasn't. I think, this, I think right. I'm not surprised by this. I was not possibly expecting to be this effective, but I'm, I'm not surprised. The problem with the Bengals is that the offensive line didn't look great. Um, we've got three new pieces, and it's all moving around, and it might take some time to settle. The problem with that is that Andy Dalton, um, the numbers between him when he's under pressure and when he isn't under pressure are quite stark, and this was highlighted it. I don't think mm. he's going to be bad this bad this week. Mixon, I actually thought, showed some flashes, but he didn't do much when he got got the touch of the ball. But then I thought that um, all three running backs looked okay. I think the problem was we were missing a spark on defense. We got into the red zone twice and turned the ball over, and it was just that's what worries me because that was a signature problem last season. And bearing in mind it's the second year of the same offensive coordinator, I am not pushing the panic button yet, except <laughs> that this could very well be 
the the year where Marvin Lewis either finally gets moves up, moved up into the front office or at least stops coaching his team and I think there could be yet more overhauls because I'm not sure we've truly recovered since we um, lost both Zimmer and Jay Gruden yeah I, I think a few people are saying that this is probably probably going to be uh, the Marvin Lewis's last last season which is yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit sorry for. It. I feel a bit sorry for him because he's he's he has had a, a good career there. Um, the important thing to remember is that he's turned what was a laughing stock into a, ref- a respectable franchise with one of the strongest rosters. In combined with Duke Duke Tobin, who's sort of like not the official GM but runs the draft and, and is very much yeah. involved in the day to day running. I was actually lied because that was me talking about Zimmer and Jay Gruden, but actually it was Hugh Jackson. I think there was a real disappointment that they wanted Marvin Lewis to hang around for a year or two, but I think they were grooming Hugh Jackson to take over the Bengals after mm. after him and there was talk of a succession pan, but he wanted to you know, he took the opportunity in the Browns when he got it in fair play. Yeah. <laughs> it could all turn around. It's one game and we the big thing that we should take away from week one is the sky is not falling for everybody. It's just one game. It you know let, let's not overreact. Yeah. But it was a horrible home loss, and we're about to face the Texans at home on a short week after that mess. I am not confident because we don't do well in primetime games. No, you, you don't. I mean, it's uh, I won't I won't go too much on to, on about the game. But it was I mean it was it was after that it was it was the second quarter onwards, wasn't it? That you that, that you looked to be. Really, really struggling because Dalton. At one point, he he looked like he was he was actually starting to string a pretty good drive together. Unfortunately, he went on to to throw four interceptions. Yeah, the, game. the problem was that there were multiple drives where it looked like that. We yeah. got into the red zone, and then the ball was turned over. There were flashes all through the game. It wasn't a disaster. It was the same thing that was happening last year where it's frustration because they couldn't quite string it together and that's the worrying thing because we had that all last season and this season we've got you know younger less experienced linemen in place yeah. still happening like that so I could be wrong it could all come together there could be a big reaction you've got Adam Jones who's coming back to the defence this week and no he won't replace perfect but at least um, he will bring some extra fire from his position mm. in secondary and get the defence moving and I'm just hoping for a reaction and and a real spark against the Houston Texans, at least in terms of pass rush, because their offensive line looked to be as bad, about as bad as ours was last week. Yes, so so I've heard. Well, it's uh, it, it's it was it was me who picked this one correctly this week. I uh, I got the uh, I went for the Ravens, and obviously they uh, they they were uh, the successful team in the pick this week. So. Third game uh, was the Raiders and the Titans. This one was uh, was back and forth over where we, which which the third game that we cover would be. But uh, yeah, we ended up with the uh, the Raiders and the Titans. It was twenty six sixteen to the Raiders uh, at the end of this one. Uh, story going into the game, both of these quarterbacks, uh, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, had their had their seasons cut short last year with leg injuries. Um, it was Marshall Lynch's first game as, as a Raider, and he he looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say. Can he come back from a year off? Yes, he ran over Jarrell Casey. It's not often you yeah. see a running back run over. And- not just a defensive lineman but one of the better ones in the game um, and they don't need him to be like 100 yards a game beast mode when you have the the passing offense that they have with Derek Carr and his receivers but yeah. having them there just gives them a really good balance and actually I thought that the other running backs did well and that offense looked nasty the thing that surprised me was how good the defense looked because a lot mm. of people were very worried about the defense apart from Apart from Alex Mack, I like Reggie Nelson, and, I, and he was a big. He was one of those losses from the Bengals due to age and pricing that you know we might be regretting, as he still seems to be playing well. And I noticed him flying around. But yeah, it was it was a good game. 
one that yeah. the Titans would have liked to have done better on, but it just felt like Oakland said, yeah, we're for real this season. Last year wasn't a fluke because they came across, it was a 10 o'clock body game uh, or 10 o'clock body clock game for for the West Coast team. And they came on and they just did the business on the road. Week one, win. Raiders roll. Um, looks like they'll be fighting for the division. They do. They do look 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 good that way. I mean, obviously these these two teams we mentioned them. I mentioned them a second ago. Um, two big franchise quarterbacks in, in Mariota and Carr. Which, which do you think looked look best to you? I'll be honest. Right now, I think um, Derek Carr has the edge, but I think he's had the better situation because he's had the better line for longer, and he's got the experience of the receivers. He had Amari Cooper yeah. almost from the get go, or it was his second season. Whereas Marcus. Mariota sort of had all the running game in the offensive line last year and Delaney Walker is obviously very helpful in his tight end but he's only just started to get receivers and so I think it'll take time for him to build that experience and there's a good crop of young QBs by the time you've got Jameis Winston Derek Carr Marcus Mariota uh, I think Carson Wentz can be added into that group you know you would they worry about the, the sort of 30 something elite QBs retiring and I think that's just worry but I'm beginning to yeah. feel like there are some coming through that that we're not going to have the huge fall off that we've had and had and had that some might expect if they keep developing. Yeah, no, they definitely. I think they definitely are. There's there's definitely a lot of uh, of, of of those that. I think there's a lot of, of quarterbacks that can carry on carry the, the thing forward. It's a yeah, it's an interesting time for the quarterback, I think. But I think they're uh, yeah, I think we're, we're not. I don't think we're losing any, any too much from. Uh, there is a from lot the of talk about the quality of play at the moment and how how good a job colleges of doing preparing players for the for the pros and in fairness this is why there seems to be some real momentum towards towards getting a developmental yeah. league up and running because quarterbacks are struggling to be prepared because they're just not learning a pro style offense um linemen are struggling and this uh, it's so hard with the current cba rules to develop young players because it's so hard to find them reps yeah yeah absolutely and, and that's and that's what these what these preseason games are obviously key for and well what well, obviously the fourth the fourth game like you've like you said previously is is generally there to give those those sort of lower lower players the reps yeah but the problem is you, you get four you, it's not week in week out it's not competitive it's different it and it's strange and they don't get to build the timings as they're moved up and down with different groupings because they're trying to work out who makes the roster and who doesn't and i think i think the developmental league is actually you know becoming a real as we lose so much or there are too many tr- good coaches making reasonable points about what's going on with mm. um, the way college offenses in particular are structured. And you have linemen who've never made, you know, come come out of college never having taken a three-point stance before. There are quarterbacks who've never called plays in a huddle before. Yeah. It, it's just so much to learn, so young, that it feels like it makes sense to me. It does. Uh, very, very quickly before we move on to the uh, to, to the last game that we watched, where do you stand on uh, on onside kicks for the uh, for the first opening kickoffs? I like it stealing a move. Obviously, yeah. um, it didn't work out, and that's the risk you take. <laughs> but if you're trying to do something, something like that's kind of sneaky. We've seen it in the Super Bowl once, and why not? If you're trying to manufacture an edge in an opening game against a very good team, 
Exactly, it's an opening game. You've got nothing to lose, have you? Um, well, uh, this one was uh, was picked correctly by yourself. You went for the uh, for the Raiders, uh, so so yeah, got the uh, got the point back on that one. Uh, and then the the final game that we watched was uh, the the extremely defensive game, the uh, Seattle Seahawks against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it was seventeen nine to the Green Bay Packers. We watched this game last year. Um, the Packers dominated and won it thirty eight ten. So it was quite a uh, quite a change this time. It wasn't quite so uh, quite so dominant. And, and like I say, it was a bit of a, a uh, defensive masterclass, wasn't it? Well, it was interesting because it was two different situations which was leading to a similar problem because my word, the Seahawks sort of front seven and particularly their pass rush looked scary and they were just, they were creating pressure against a line that's pretty good and Aaron Aaron Rodgers scrambles and, 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 and finds a way against most teams but even he struggled against this and it really took them a half a football until yeah. they in the second half they went a bit more up tempo and, and found a way to figure out what, what to counter it whereas meanwhile for the Packers defense which has often struggled they looked like they had a little bit more of a pass rush but that offensive line I mean honestly if they didn't have Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson wasn't as good they'd have been in real trouble because I kept sitting there going I don't understand how he made a play there I don't know yeah. how he escaped it, it, it's I'm, I'm not sure there were too many other quarterbacks who could function behind that quarter that offensive line in the league no I, I think you're absolutely right and it, it, it the fact that there were there were only seven sacks it could have been it could have been a lot more couldn't it between yeah. the two teams I mean seven yeah sacks. no I mean they're both very skilled mobile quarterbacks maybe Aaron Rodgers could do it but even then I'm not sure because Russell Wilson is just so good at not only escaping the pocket but he never seems to take hits so no, it's not like like the Ben Roethlisberger and even the bit um, Carson Wentz this year where where you know you'll have players sort of like not being able to bring him down and getting hands on him and you know either being big and too stout or shedding it but you know Russell Wilson is just so elusive behind behind that flaky line and yeah. you're just worried that at some point he might slow down half a step and it, it will come to regret it and I just can't believe that Seattle it's it's clearly something that they believe that they're sacrificing the offensive line to make the rest of the team so good and they can manage. But you would have thought that they've put some more resources into that offensive line. You'd, you'd have thought so. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one for them. I think... I think um I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good season for the Seahawks. I, I, I said to you before the uh, the game, didn't I? I think my. Uh, I think they're going to end up being a. Uh, this this game will end up being being the NFC game. I could quite easily see Seahawks and Packers being being the NFC game at the end of the year. So, I, I don't know whether it will be this close again or this defensive again if you, when you get to that point. But I don't know. I, I can see it happening. There are a couple other teams that might have something to say about that, but I can certainly see it as a possibility. But yeah, I'm not saying the Seahawks are, are, are not going to succeed given that this has been the formula of theirs for like the last three or four seasons. But it, it's still, it's not often that um, you sit there going, how has he managed that? And, yeah. and Russell Wilson made me think that several times. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's it. Well, uh, we, we both picked the uh, the Packers on this one. We're both correct. It was a uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a draw in this one in uh, on this game and, and and I suppose I suppose it was was it was this was this out of the four games that you watched was this the one that uh, was this your favorite by any chance uh, I was a bit disappointed when there was a field goal <laughs> in the first <laughs> half I thought we were going I thought I was going to get to say that this was was the best scoreless um half of football I'd ever seen because I did really enjoy it um so we'll have to see how things go but yeah I, I did like it yeah, um, well, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the of the league. You've obviously watched a uh, a few more games than I did because you watched a uh, you watched what was it six? Did you say? Uh, the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills uh, put on an AFC divisional match uh, on this one. AFC East divisional match. It was twenty one twelve to the Bills in the end. Uh, didn't have particularly high hopes for this game, and it, it kind of was 
as expected, I suppose, by the looks by the looks of the highlights. Um, the Jets really struggled. Um, Thirty eight rushing yards all game. The, the Bills, on the other hand, made nearly two hundred and won it, it fairly comfortably. So uh, yeah, the Jets are who the, uh, we Bills. thought they are, which is not very good. Yeah. The Bills are overhauling their um, roster in terms of trying to work over the culture. Sean McDermott seems to have really captured the hearts of his team already, and Shady McCoy yeah. is really really good. Absolutely. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles 30, Washington Redskins 17. Uh, there was a, despite a fumble, Carson Wentz uh, looked pretty strong in this one. He, he was really, imp- he had a, one particularly impressive escape that I saw uh, from what looked like a surefire sack, but uh, he turned it into a, uh, a decent uh, completion, I believe. He had um, a couple of them. He a bit big yeah. finish in, 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 not in stature, but just, you know, fighting difficult to bring down and keeping your eyes, eyes downfield and finding um, receivers. Slippery. It could be a, uh, could be a good season for the Eagles. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they beat the uh, Houston Texans by 29 points to 7. It was the first game in Houston since the hurricane. and they, we, we both said we, we really expected the uh, the Texans to be really up for the game, but it didn't really turn out that way, did it? It was 19 nothing at half-time, and, and Tom Savage was benched in the uh, in the third quarter and replaced with their, their rookie quarterback, Deshaun Watson, I believe, is going to be uh, starting this week. Yeah, but who knows how he's going to last. I think O'Brien actually hurts his team, and I'm beginning to wonder how long he's going to be able to keep his job if he can't yeah. settle on the quarterback when he's meant to be the quarterback guru. Absolutely right, yeah. Um, the Arizona Cardinals and Detroit Lions put on a yeah, pretty high-scoring game at Ford Field. It ended 35-23 to the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, Justin Bethel got, uh, returned an 82-yard interception for a touchdown for the Cardinals. But it wasn't enough to get the uh, the win on this uh, on this occasion, unfortunately. Some, uh, some big touchdowns in this game. It was, it's very, worth, very much worth watching the, uh, the highlights if you can. And some terrible interceptions thrown by Carson Bum. He did not look good at all. No, no, not uh, no. He, did, he didn't. Uh, there there were a couple of good. real like sailed throws that were picked off. It, 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 I would be worried if I was a Cardinal fan. That's it. Well, uh, the Browns and the uh, the Steelers met uh, on Sunday. Browns obviously went one and fifteen last year. They ended up. Uh, it was. I mean, this one. The, the Steelers won this one twenty one eighteen, but it was a lot closer than, than most people, myself included, expected. Uh, the Browns put uh, had a prompt blocked. Uh, for a Steelers touchdown in the first half, uh, and they, they but they did manage to keep Le'Veon Bell bottled up pretty well. He got just eight eight yards in the first half, and and T, and T J Watt, brother of J J, wow, what a game! Yeah, T J Watt, I, it looks like he's going to hold up the um, family reputation, and the Browns, despite <laughs> Miles Garrett um, not being able to play because of because of a high ankle sprain, limited the Steelers to two touchdowns as um, one of their their touchdowns was scored on special teams with a, with a pump block return for a TD so yeah I'd said the Browns were going to be diff- difficult season or difficult team yeah. to face this year and there's definite signs I feel they've started well haven't they um, well it was the it was the Falcons first game since the uh, the Super Bowl as well uh, obviously it was everyone's first game since the Super Bowl um, <laughs> <laughs> they won uh, 23 points to 17 uh, against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field uh, Julio Jones made his 500th career catch uh, but it was tightened Austin Hooper who got the most receiving yards 128 including a, an 88 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter and we didn't we didn't see Mitchell Trubisky did we come on at any point for the uh, Bears do you think he's going to do a, uh, a Jared Goff this season um, I don't know because I don't know how the pressure is gonna gonna fare it for this team. But Glennon at least looked looked like the better quarterback, and that might avoid the situation where the Rams had nothing going. He was a competent NFL quarterback and looked okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it'll be the same thing. And did you see the busted coverage for the for the Austin Hooper touchdown? I mean, I, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never like to apportion blame because we don't know what the calls and responsibility, and everybody always blames the safety. It could be that the corner wasn't meant to hand him off, or the, the linebacker. You just have to be careful with these things. But yeah, he was very, very open, shall we say? 
He certainly was. Uh, speaking of LA and the Rams, uh, it was it's the second season in LA for the Rams. Uh, they they played the Indianapolis Colts in this game. It was forty six nine to the uh, to the Rams. Colts were obviously without Andrew Luck. Uh, what a game it was for the Rams. Jared, Jared Goff obviously got his first win, um, but it was it was kind of it was very kind of defensive, wasn't it? They uh, they they had a couple of interceptions, returned for a touchdown, and uh, yeah, they they kind of stole the show. Well, that's only fourteen points out of forty six. Uh, for, for hopeful things for Rams fans is they faced a team that we didn't think they were going to be good and they beat them in a manner that a good team would beat a bad team so you know we're still yeah. not, I'm not going to get carried away because this is still the Rams and they've still not played anybody good but this is no. a hopeful side for them because they did what they were meant to do and That's it. definitely it feels like people are beginning to take the prospect that he might not be worth the picks that gave up and everything else but they might at least have a quarterback who can start for them the Panthers uh, absolutely trounced the uh, the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. It was twenty three points to three to the to Carolina Panthers. Uh, we thought they might we, we, before the game actually thought they might struggle without Super Cam, and he wasn't. Uh, and while it wasn't great, it was it was obviously enough to uh, to overcome the 49ers fairly easily. Yeah, the defense um, apparently looked really good, which. I wasn't necessarily totally sure about, and Cam Newton did enough. Uh, it's more, I think, a tale that the 49ers were flatter, and it's just, I think that Kyle Shanahan and um, John Lynch realise what a big job they've undertaken. Yeah, um, Giants Cowboys. That was uh, that one ended nineteen points to three to the uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, New York Giants were without Odell Beckham Jr. who was injured, and Ezekiel Elliott was obviously was available in the end for the uh, Cowboys uh, following the, the postponement of his of his suspension, which we mentioned earlier. He went on to get over a hundred rushing yards as well. So uh, pretty good, pretty good day for him and the uh, and the Cowboys. Yeah, um, Cowboys defense did better than I was possibly expecting, and we knew the Giants line wasn't good, but. When OBJ is talking about um, he should be the highest paid player in the league, I'm not sure I'd go quite that far, but he's definitely making an argument that, okay, maybe I'm more important than your typical number one receiver and I should get a big contract and we'll have to see what happens with that. That's it. Um, Two two games on Monday night this week. The uh, first one was... The uh, New Orleans Saints uh, and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the uh, the Vikings uh, won twenty nine points to nineteen. It turned out to be a fairly one sided one from the second quarter onwards. Uh, wasn't quite a happy homecoming for, for Adrian Peterson, who managed just eighteen yards from his six rushes uh, of the day. Uh, but it was a great day for Sam Bradford, who got three hundred and forty six yards and three touchdowns. So uh, yeah, he did he did pretty well, linking especially with uh, Adam Tyler, who who, who uh, for in nine catches what got uh, one hundred and fifty seven yards. Yeah, it seems that um, with an off-season which meant that you had a chance for um, Sam Bradford to actually learn the offence this year, they've rebuilt their offensive line and that seems to help and Dalvin Cook seems to be a real find at running back, the the Vikings might have an offence to go with their defence and I think your dad is going to be very happy for most of the season. I think he will. Uh, the LA Chargers in the final game. Uh, the Chargers it was their first game as, as the LA Chargers. Uh, they played the Broncos, they were, who were led by by Trevor Simeon. It was a really close game, a lot closer than I than I kind of thought it was it was going to end up being. Twenty four twenty one was the last uh, was the final score, um, and the Broncos uh, took a pretty good they took a pretty good lead, but uh, but really had to had to hold on to it. There was a couple of uh, fourth quarter touchdowns, but. Uh, yeah, not all bad for the Chargers, was it? O-line uh, managed to hit Simeon four times. I have a bit of a confession to make, which is that I quite like Trevor Simeon as a quarterback. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying he's elite or anything like that, but I think you can win games with him. I think he's that step up from game manager, and the Broncos 
were looking looking good for the most part. A little bit worried about their run defense at times. They, they got gouged a bit, but it looked like mm. the LA Chargers were doing the usual LA Chargers things of getting out muscled and it not going well. And then they did the other LA Chargers thing where suddenly they got two very quick touchdowns and made a game of it. And then they managed to have the field goal um, attempt blocked right at the end and they lost the game in a close one. But, you know, covered the points for me. Are you ready for some football? Okay, G hasn't been particularly active on the uh, the blog this week, but uh, there will be, I'm told, some coming this uh, this weekend. So please make sure you check out the blog at thewrongfootball.com. Um, with that said, we're going to move straight on to our pick uh, picks for week two. Uh, this week, as things stand going into week two, uh, you're on nine points, I'm on seven points, and my dad's on nine points in our table as well. Yes, yes, I'm, I, I, I've got competition this year. Yeah, what do you mean you've got competition? I won last year. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I've gone back to my original formula. Oh, right, okay, right, okay. <laughs> Random pin sticking. Yep. Um, okay, so let's uh, very quickly rattle through the uh, the games this week then. So first of all, the Thursday night game is the Texans and the Bengals. Uh, the Texans are given four and a half points in this one. Uh, I'm, I, think, I think I'm going to go for the Bengals because I think the Texans look pretty poor. I'm going for the Texans. I cannot... In all honesty, pick a team to um, give away four and a half points when they haven't scored mm. one y- yet this season. Uh, Bills Panthers uh, seven and a half points taken from from the Panthers. That's that's a lot of points. I'm I think I'm going to go for the Bills. I feel like I'm edging Bills. I, I don't think the Bills are going to be hugely competitive this year, but I think they're going to be better than that. Yeah, I do. I think you. Uh, I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be picking Buffalo on that one. Uh, the Bears and the Bucks. It's the Bucks' first game of the season, obviously with the uh, with the the bye being moved to week one uh, last week. Uh, they've got six and a half points taken off them, which is a lot considering we've not seen them yet. Yeah, they are at home. The Bears have just. I mean, they've lost Kevin White at receiver. I think I'm leaning Buccaneers, but I'd be nervous about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Exactly the same. Um, Browns Ravens. Uh, it's a divisional game, uh, and the, the Browns are given seven and a half points. Uh, this is difficult because I think the Browns are going to be good. I think they're, they're going to have a, 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 like we said, a much better and closer season than last year. That being said, the Ravens look pretty good at. Uh, I fancy their, their a sneaky cover. Looks, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'm definitely going to pick it, but I kind of fancy that that's too many points. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go Ravens on on, a, on account of the fact that their defense looks pretty good at getting in there for for interceptions and things like that. Although they were against a, a not great quarterback game, but then the Browns quarterback isn't. I can't even think who it is. This is terrible. I want to say Kaiser Sose, and that's obviously not. That's the, clearly not. The, <laughs> uh, yeah, not the Desha- answer. Deshaun Kaiser, isn't it? That's yes, it is. Yeah, but I mean, it's, <laughs> I can't, I can't think any. I think it's going to be the Ravens. I think it's going to be the Ravens, but I'm not sure they're going to win by eight. Mm, I think we'll, that, we'll that's. I think that's the question. Yeah, um, Jaguars Titans. This is going to be. Uh, oh, this is a difficult one to pick. One and a half points given to the Jaguars. I think I'm going to go with them. <sighs> Defense looks good. Not sure about the offense. I mm. haven't seen them personally, so we'll, we'll have to find out. The Titans can't really afford to go zero and two. Divisional yeah. game. I'm leaning Titans because I don't trust the Jags yet, but I could could change mm. my mind and I could come to regret it. Yeah, um, Colts Cardinals. Uh, the Colts are given eight and a half points, but looking at what people have already picked, the Cardinals are still heavily favourites. The Colts 
just look like they haven't got anything to hang their hat on without Andrew yeah. Luck at the moment. They, you know, they just lost so heavily to the Rams. <sighs> yeah, I think you know the Cardinals didn't look good, and they've just lost David Johnson, and that makes me mm. nervous about the points. But I, fa- I lean Cardinals, and I certainly think they'll win. I think I am going to go Cardinals. It, was, it surprised me how many people have gone Cardinals. I think on this uh, this early, but we'll see. Um, Eagles Chiefs Philadelphia Eagles against Kansas City Chiefs uh, Eagles are given four and a half points I'm uh, going to go with the Chiefs I'm not sure the Eagles look good I was impressed by the Eagles Wentz is still making young quarterback type mistakes occasionally but he's also playing very well and there are times where he looks like every bit the franchise quarterback sitting there making yeah. multiple reads the Chiefs are a really good team I'm just not sure how badly they're going to be affected by having to play a whole game without Eric Berry. But yeah, leaning Chiefs, I think, but that could be a really good game. I think it will be. Uh, Minnesota Vikings taking the trip to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers and being given six and a half points. And I think we should watch this game. I do. I think that's quite an easy pick for me. I think that's going to be the Vikings. I think I agree. I think that defence is really good and it may be that Pittsburgh win, but you know they only scored yeah. 14 against the Browns and yeah. I fancy the Vikings in that one to possibly even get a win, yet alone cover that. This is a difficult pick, this next one. Um, New England Patriots and New Orleans Saints. Saints given five and a half points. This is a tough one for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking initially Patriots, but I'm not sure. You feel like the Patriots are going to bounce back. Drew Brees is going to play well at home in the Dome like he usually does, but once again it seems that their defence doesn't have any... Um, pass coverage and so you feel like the Patriots are going to have a plan and bounce back yeah I, I think they might I'm, I'm I'm at this stage leaning Patriots but that could all change between now and Sunday um, the Jets and the Raiders 14 and a half points given to the Jets that is that's pretty huge I don't think I can pick against anyone who's given 14 and a half points see I would normally agree with even you even the but, Jets yeah but this is the problem is it's the Jets versus the Raiders and how good did the Raiders look at home and this is their or last week and this is their first home game um, yeah I think the Jets are so bad I'm not sure that 14.5 is enough to dissuade me from picking the Raiders but that feels crazy it does doesn't it my it's rule is generally it ha- you have to have a really good reason to yeah. um, um, pick someone to cover a double point spread yeah, but I it agree. does feel like the Raiders against the Jets might be one of those good reasons. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I am obviously going to be going for the uh, Miami Dolphins against the LA Chargers, uh, despite the fact that we're we're given we're only given three and a half points. Uh, yeah, I'm going Dolphins. I'm really unsure because I haven't seen the Dolphins yet, and it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's really difficult with Jay Cutler. Um, you feel I, I have trusted Adam Gase, but there's nothing in that line that gives me any help no. and so I feel like whichever way I go it's going to be a bit of a toin toss mm. a, to- a toin toss a toy- did I say- I'm sure I said a coin toss <laughs> don't worry about it I mean here's um, the thing if I say toin toss then you can do silly things in the edit and make it sound like I did it anyway I'm just going to leave it in it's fine uh, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos uh, Denver Broncos are given a point and a half I think this is still going to be Dallas yeah maybe <laughs> uh, yeah maybe I don't know I'm getting points as the Broncos at home I thought they yeah. looked pretty good for a lot of that game but they were a bit iffy against the run and Ezekiel Elliott's coming to down so mm, yeah yeah I think you're right with Cowboys 
I think it will be. Um, LA Rams and the Washington Redskins. LA Rams are uh, have two and a half points taken from them. I am still going to go for them. I am wary of overreacting, but Washington, with all the changes to their receiving core, and yeah. their offseason did not look good, and I am not convinced. And I'm not sure I'm brave enough to pick the Rams to beat them, but it would not surprise me if they did. Mm, I think uh, I think I'm going Rams. I think I'm going to stick with Rams. Uh, 49ers Seahawks twelve and a half points given to the 49ers. Now that one, uh, I, I think part of me think I think that is big enough. <laughs> I think I'm going to go. Oh, I don't know. Basically, you never want to pick. You want a really good reason to pick a double points. You know, a double digit yeah. spread. But again. Yeah, it, uh, I I just wonder with that offensive line where the 49ers do a bit better this week. Mm, we'll have but, to see. But we'll on the road see. in Seattle is not a place to find your um, defense or offense. No, it isn't. It isn't. Uh, the Packers on uh, so the late game on Sunday. Packers face the Falcons uh, and are given two and a half points. Uh, I'm going Green Bay. I think I fancy the Packers. I think sneakily, yeah. whilst the Falcons' defense is quite good, their offense is possibly not quite up and firing yet, and you know losing Kyle Shanahan might well do that for you. And then the final game is uh, the Lions and the Giants. Detroit Lions and New York Giants on Monday night, uh, with the Lions being given four and a half points. I'm going to go uh, with the Lions. I was impressed with the Lions' defense. They seem to be playing better than I was expecting, and the Giants look like a mess. Uh, and if they if they don't have OBJ again, they could really struggle. And yeah, I think I fancy the Lions too. There you have it. Let's see if we manage to catch up this week. <laughs> we shall see. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you like what you've heard, please do remember to like uh, and subscribe and uh, maybe even give us a review through uh, whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to get into as many ears as we possibly can. Also, thanks to anyone who has uh, has, has recommended us to people. So it's uh, it's very nice to uh, to get some people uh, listening uh, through, the, through the old word of mouth. It's probably the best, uh, best way things can, uh, things can spread. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, taking a look at all the action from week two as well as looking ahead to week three's matchups. Uh, and in the meantime, check out the wrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G. And remember, uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can either drop us a line by email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. I'm off to find some coaching tape. I'm so excited. <laughs>